0: Broadcasting from the KC Coyote Studios, you're listening to Carney Live on 102.7 KPGZ. Carney Live is presented by Carney Trust Company. Carney Trust, 310 West 92 Highway in Carney. The phone number is 816 628
1: 6666. And now here's the hosts of Carney Live, Mike Davis and Jim Dickerson. And welcome to Carney Live. I am Mike Davis along with Jim Dickerson and producer, engineer, and. Trash can emptier, bookkeeper, <laughs> office sweeper, everything else that needs to be done inside the Casey Coyote Studio here at 102.7 FM in Kearney, Missouri, your hometown radio. We are here today in honor of our Memorial Day month here, the month of May. Uh, each Wednesday, we have been uh, visiting with veterans who have uh, served uh, our wonderful country. Uh, on the show, and uh, we have uh, two of, uh, of e- exactly that. We have Paul Clevenger, and both both of these gentlemen are uh, residents of the Westbrook sorry Westbrook Care Center. And I also have Donald Hardikoff. Did I get that right, Don? You I did. said, see, I did. Yeah. I just I made the mistake. I called but, you Don again, didn't correct.
2: I? Well, that's all right.
1: But because you're Donald, and your son is Don. That's correct. All right. Well, I'll I'll try and keep that straight. But Don is just it's just so easy to say. But we'll go with Donald. And Donald, uh, while we're visiting with you, I wanted to mention to the folks that you were with uh, the Strategic Air Command in the Air Force, and uh, you were in the Air Force for what? If I did the math right, it sounded like about twenty-one years. And you went in uh, in nineteen fifty-two. Tell us a little bit about uh, about how you started uh, in the Air Force and that, that day, that uh, fateful day in 1952 when you joined the Air Force.
2: Well, I made up my mind uh, during World War II that I was going to make a career in the Air Force. And that was for forty-four when two of our neighbors were killed mm-hmm. in action. So my, if I planned that whole years that I just couldn't wait because I wanted to get in the Air Force. I wanted to be a pilot. Sure. And— so yeah, when I graduated on the uh, twenty, it was either the twenty seventh or twenty eighth of May, nineteen fifty two, in in the evening, and the next morning I uh, enlisted in the Air Force, and I was taken in on one July, nineteen fifty two, and of course went through basic training and, uh the first part of September that year. Then I went to Keesler Air Force Base to Control Tower Operator School. Mm-hmm. I graduated from there on the 20th of December 1952 and was sent to a military flight service center. And if those folks don't know what it is, uh, it, there's eight of them in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I was went to March Air Force Base at Riverside, California, and we had about 12 people per shift. Mm-hmm. And we could... You might say, uh, control the traffic uh, all the way from Merced, California to uh, Gage, Oklahoma. And straight south to the Mexican border.
1: Right. So the the, so, the aircraft, the, the pilots yeah. would get in touch with you and no, say.
2: No, they, mm-hmm. they, we operated with the base operations. I see. Okay. And, and, and we'd get a flight plan and pass it to the, wherever the airplane was going mm-hmm. and that type of thing. I see. And air defense identification zones mm-hmm. uh, have to. We had some people would fly into those and they would have to be got down and corrected mm-hmm. you might say yes and just just <laughs> yeah. for
0: because people just to kind of relate to where we are what kind of airplanes are we talking about
2: well well at that time we the B47 was just becoming the, the main airplane mm-hmm. the bomber and uh, of course we had C54s flying C124s and uh, uh C 130s i believe it was at mm-hmm. that time and, and
0: the c-130 was the c-130 was pretty new at that point yeah wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah
2: and uh it uh also like uh, we had a c-45 matter of fact i think we had two or three of them mm-hmm. and uh, we have to go out inspect airfields uh to make sure everything was being done in our area i see and uh uh, like I say, there was eight of them, so the other people took care of the rest of the ones across the country. Right. And, and in when you had an airplane uh, that filed a flight plan and it took off and he was going, uh, let's say, from uh, March Air Force Base to Scott Air Force Base, Illinois, mm-hmm. we would pass that flight plan to the, the uh, center that covered right. Scott Air Force Base. Very good. I see. And mm-hmm. it, uh, we had, like, again, uh, 12 people on duty. Uh, that would be an officer controller, mm-hmm. a weather officer, and uh, an NCYC, and the rest of us pounding a typewriter right. with all capitals and everything, flight <laughs> plans as fast as the person read them. And uh, it, it uh, uh, was uh, a a really a, a, a nice, nice job. job. Right. And uh, from... Uh, well, I could go on if, yeah, to there because I went there a second time and re-enlist, re-enlisted and went back there. What uh, I'm uh, curious at that point, I know you, you said you, you went with in with the notion that you'd like to, to be in the Air Force, Force as a career.
1: Right. So, so I'm, I'm so thinking that by that time you were thinking, you were thinking well, yeah, of course, then no, I'm, no, I'm going to sign up to, you know, to, know, to, to, to re-up, basically, because, because I want to do a career.
2: I filed to become a pilot. And uh, I was not accepted. I don't know why. They don't tell you. Mm-hmm. you know? So that uh, was the one disappointment I had. Sure, Although yeah. I, I love my career and mm-hmm. working in air traffic control, you get to meet all kinds of people. I mean, Indeed. even when the president comes through, lands or something, he... When they go through you you get to see him too <laughs> what, which uh, I'm gonna move this mic a little closer yeah. I work. Um, which so who's, who's the president you saw go through well uh, the, back at that time uh, I can even Truman was president okay. when, I, when I enlisted, and uh, he went on past that time now it's uh, there's nothing certain about uh, any president being in a certain place at a certain time.
3: Uh, if they come to your base, uh, you, you got to see them if you right. wanted to. And, and, of course, they generally come through being escorted in a car,
2: mm-hmm. you know. So you, and, and it wasn't it a, a chance do we get a chance right. to talk to right. them. And and it, was it was a little different did. back then, too, because mm-hmm. they didn't have Air Force One like we know it
0: today. Um, well, their they, transportation uh, was a little different uh, as well. Yeah.
2: Well, it, it, uh, mm-hmm. I believe they still call the airplane Air Force One. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that was at very first of my uh, aircraft traffic control. Mm-hmm. That. Um, going, going back for just a second, because sure. I think this would be kind of interesting, you, you mentioned uh, weather.
0: Right. You given the weather, and so that's yeah. one of the things today we take for granted because I can get on the Internet and I can find out the winds and the, the, the chance of rain and also we have got all this stuff. How did you guys get your weather back then?
2: Uh, we had a weather forecaster in every base operations and also in the uh, Military Flight service center. That, uh, he set it ahead a bit and uh, you have officer controller on this side and the uh, well, rest of us all controllers lined up on each side with, with our, mm-hmm. our capital all capital letters and
1: just.
2: I would like I said, told him one time, I would make up a flat plan for it you snow me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, you were in, uh, that, that would have been probably moving into the, the Korean War time. The Korean
2: War was two years in, in business when I went in service. There you go.
1: And uh, were you, did, did it ever occur to you that you might be, for whatever for reason, reason, you might end up in Korea? Well,
2: I wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. And, and tell us about that. that well uh you mean the time time that i ended up going well I, no i think the, the idea that you didn't even bat an eye when you, you told me just this second you said no i wanted to go there i want to go where the action is and, and that's
1: that's something that i think a lot of people nowadays would think wait a minute i don't know if i want to do that you know it doesn't sound like a really good oh,
2: okay. choice well for, from uh, after basic training in the summer of 52 i went to control tower school mm-hmm. through the fall and graduated just before christmas and then I went to military flight service in uh, June of 54. And from there, I went to Masawa, Japan. And I didn't know where I was going at that point right. until we got over there on the ship. And, oh and I went up to Masawa. It's up in the northern part of the main island. Mm-hmm. And I uh, about, I don't know, 200 miles north of Tokyo right. or so. And I was there some, uh, I'd say about nine months And April, I believe it was, of 53, Mm -hmm. we, uh, uh, me and another guy who'd been doing the same thing from uh, Florida, we were in town just looking in shops and so forth. And in the middle of the afternoon, we went back to the base, and we got in there. He had a note on his door, and I had a note on my door, report to the commander. And we thought we did something wrong and was in trouble. And yeah, that's we went that's usually you how everybody feels <laughs> at <that point. laughs> and we, went, we went there, and uh, they said to be pack your bags and everything. Tomorrow morning, you're taking off going to Korea. And I, I don't remember whether they told us where we were going or whatever, but the following morning, we got on the airplane, and we went to the K-6 uh, Air Base, which is at Pyeongtaek. So, so you were there. there. You ended, ended up in, in, in Korea. Korea. Right. 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 Okay. I, so we got there, and uh, right away, walked into the place, and I recognized the working there.
3: And what it was, they were had been at El Toro
2: Marine Corps Air Station out in uh, California, and I, I talked to them you know, all the time for, through flight service, and I dated a girl there, momentarily you might say beautiful beautiful (laughs) control tower operator we'll just leave that (laughs) 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 so so anyway uh we uh, after being there uh we were there together for i don't know maybe a week uh, Mm. and the marines left and we got it and pulled the base and all we was doing was getting airplanes would get airplanes that uh were maybe uh under attack or something, and they had a crash maybe at K-55, mm-hmm. and those airplanes would end up coming over at our base. I uh, got it. And so, so that, that was th- the intention of it. Uh, we didn't see many airplanes. Right. And uh, the, kind of the funny part of this one, is when we was there, uh, they, my boss, and I can't think of his name right now, but he, he went to school with Elvis Presley.
1: How about that? Oh, boy. His, his
2: name is Boise e. Harris.
1: Good <laughs> job <laughs> on remembering He's that. Yeah. First
2: lieutenant. Yeah. So, uh, another yeah. thing that's different, um, that's different and, and people lose perspective of this, when you say you went to these
0: different um, countries, how did you get there? Because, oh, you did take an airplane? Okay, because I thought, uh, well, they, I knew you know, a lot of guys went on a ship. had, had
2: uh, military uh, airplanes, like c forty seven flew around uh, routinely for whatever reason that uh, they had. You know, I don't know, you know, all, all those things. Right, but, right. But uh, I, I never flew a commercial uh, airplane at any time. Although we did have commercial airplanes, that one uh, while well, one flight came through uh, Alaska and down and landed at Masao, Japan, where I was at, mm-hmm. and refueled and went on down to Tokyo. And but I didn't know anything much about those. He didn't have to file a flight plan or anything. But the pilot would always come through uh, and you know, give us uh, his intentions, uh, right. you might say, flight plan, and it. Uh, didn't, didn't amount to much. Uh, the, and, we, and the other part of that uh, being like where we was at, we had fighters, uh, F-94s, sitting on alert mm-hmm. in, the, in the event they were needed. And uh, after Korea, I ended up opening up the base with the F-94s. They came back to the States at Bunker Hill, Indiana.
1: Well, how about that? <laughs> interesting right we're visiting today that's uh, you just heard the voice of Donald Hardikoff and uh, you are an Air Force veteran of uh, roughly 21
2: years we, we well, almost 23
1: yeah okay great well you know we're not good at math here and uh, yeah. we don't we don't pretend to be no and uh, we've yeah we've, we've proven it on the air incidentally and uh, we also have uh, Paul Clevinger in here in with us and Paul um, you, sir, uh, were in the airborne, and before we went on the air, yeah, uh, we talked about the fact that you know you start your your airborne training, sort of jumping off platforms and things of that nature. But then, finally, uh, sooner or later, you're going to have to get uh, get up in an airplane, and, uh, and got to jump out of that thing. Tell us about out,
4: and jump out of that bugger, right? You, well, well, I didn't. Uh, when I taken training in Camp Allens, Texas, see my basic training. Why well, they signed us? They said, "No, oh, you you join a parachute pers- just, and you get everything." You know, uh, well, I didn't know, but I did find out what I did get. I got, I got we got a lot of training, and and <laughs> we uh, we. Uh, Learn how to jump out of an airplane.
1: So they C
4: forty sixes and C 47s and B fifty fours. Right.
1: Okay. And I, I think the the C forty seven is the was the equivalent of the DC three. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Could so be. Just, I don't know. yeah. So folks that that kind of have a sense of the, what those airplanes are.
0: But if yeah. you just uh, for perspective uh, for people who've watched different movies and stuff, right. the C forty seven or the twin engine tail dragger. It was always green in the movie with the black and white stripes on it and yeah. all that sort of now, thing. Now, the B
4: 54
2: was Gooney Bird. Right. Bird. Right, 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 right. Yeah.
4: Right.
0: Yep.
2: yeah. That B 54 was a
4: flying bus car, we called it. Mm-hmm. See? The whole backhand opened up. That was a booger to get out of. <laughs> See? <laughs> I, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. So then they pretty
1: much assigned you to, to the airborne. Uh, school then is that right or did you just no, raise I, your hand I, I, and say I want to do that?
4: Yeah, I'm yeah, one, because I, you, yeah, yeah, the, forty dollars a month, right? That's what I was getting. All right, and they offered us a hundred bucks. That's not bad that, for a farm boy. Uh, that's See? a significant yeah. Take Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: forty bucks mm. a month. Uh, it just that's, doesn't that's, hardly that's seem fair. That's a dollar a day. Yes, yes. Yeah, I can't even. Pretty,
4: that was pretty good month money back then. No.
0: So at a hundred dollars a month
1: you must have thought
4: Oh um, you were on um, high um, cotton right there. Oh absolutely. And yeah. and
1: what what was that time? What was the date that you first nineteen forty four. So yeah. close closing in on the, the toward the end of World War Two.
4: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> sort of the end. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't over. No, but I, in,
1: in, in the larger perspective, I, agreed, yes. I mean, the, yeah. the, two more days of World War II at that point was too many. But, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I yeah. completely understand.
4: Roosevelt, he was president back then. Yes. That, that
1: puts it in perspective.
0: Uh-huh. Wow. He was. Um, and I know, so we're coming up on a break, but when we come back, one of the things we talked about a little bit before we started the program is we talked about your jumps your first jumps and how you felt and that's a great story that we'll cover when we get back but i i want to make sure we get into that we've
1: got donald hardikoff and paul Clavenger, our two veterans for carney live today you're listening to carney live stay with us for this brief message we'll be right back
3: Programming Heard on KPGZ is being underwritten and supported by these local businesses. Kearney Trust Company is uniquely Kearney. They opened their doors in 1882 and have been financing goals and dreams ever since. Kearney Trust has a team of experienced lenders and a qualified staff to assist you with all of your financial needs. Your success is their priority. Whether you're looking for traditional checking and saving services or you need cash management, mobile banking, mortgage, or lending services, Carney Trust will provide you and your business with the resources you need to succeed. Information, speed, and convenience are all valuable commodities in our fast-paced world. For Carney Trust Company, technology is an addition to, not a replacement, for the personal banking relationship they like to have with their customers. The people of Carney Trust Company focus on and try to fit the needs of all their customers. Kearney Trust Company is your partner for success with two convenient locations in Kearney at 310 West 92 Highway and 701 Watson Drive and Price Chopper. The phone number is 816-628-6666. Kearney Trust Company, banking you can trust. Member FDIC.
1: We're back on Carney Live. This is one of our Memorial Day month uh, honor uh, honor the uh, the Veterans Month, and each Wednesday on Carney Live, we've had uh, a veteran or two in the studio with us to visit a little bit about them, with them about their careers and so forth. And today we have Paul Clevenger and Donald Hardikoff. And uh, Paul, we before we took the break, uh, we were visiting with you a little bit about. Uh, your time uh, with the airborne unit and um, we talked about how your you know your training started by jumping off of platforms and then eventually you had to have uh, a a real live jump and now how long did the training last before you jumped on an airplane and said uh, we're going to have you fly out jump out of a perfectly good airplane
4: yeah it 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 was quite a while we had a lot of training we we even had a parachute that went up in the air and it was open, and uh, when we got up there in the air, that was tra- in training, see? Mm-hmm. And we learned by that, I see. and they'd turn it loose up there, and we, uh, it was a short jump, about 300 feet or something, maybe higher than mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah.
1: Seems seems high enough.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I
1: would
0: think at that point, you almost want to be higher to give you more chance to get the shooting. <laughs>
4: The shield oh, was open true. when it was up, see? I see. So they just turned, turned it loose, and it, it was good training.
0: So when yeah. you you talked earlier, you uh, kind of went through the procedure of how you guys, when you were in the—you jumped out of the C-47 there for a while, and there were 32
4: of you, I believe you yes, said? Yes, 32 to the stick. And then— <laughs> That's so that's what we called
0: it. Kinda go back through uh, what you told us earlier about how you, what you guys went through when you, you did your equipment check and then you hooked up yeah. and all that sort of thing? Well,
4: I'll tell you what we're doing. We, we stood up. Uh, well, we're sitting on a board in the plane, you know, about a two by 12. Mm-hmm. That's all, the only seats we had in right. the plane. It kind was, of a bench. Yes. Yeah. We had 32 on one side and 32 on the other side. Oh, I see. see. And... Uh, We would jump from there, see? see? We would stand up, hook up. Uh, We had a static line on the back of our chute, Mm -hmm. and we hooked up to a rod that went all the way through the plane. Right. And we didn't have to, uh, well, open Mm -hmm. a chute when we jumped out. It automatically automatically. pulled
0: it when you went. Yes.
4: Yeah. And stand up, hook up. Check your equipment. Everybody had to check their equipment, see if it, anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to go? And about that time, the door opened, mother, and we were rolling. <laughs> see, yeah. And
1: and what was the command then? When when Let's it was time. Let's go. Let's go is Let's the command. Let's go
4: mm-hmm. was the command. Yeah.
1: So uh, who who packed your chute?
4: We did our own pack, packing at first, but after a while, we had a, a group at packed the chute, mm-hmm. and they always put a little slip in the chute in case we did, had doubts that it was packed right, Why well, their name was in that folder, oh, and we what? could call on them anytime to jump that chute, see, if we hadn't doubts that it wasn't packed right.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was in a way that was their sign-off, their, sign off, their uh-huh. signature that says, I did this right, yeah. and I'm assuring yes. you that, that yes. it's safe uh-huh. and good to go.
4: Yeah. Wow! Yeah, we we knew how to, well, they trained us on how to pack the pack the chute. See, the first few jumps, we packed our own chute.
0: Kind of an important part of training, one would yes. think. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. we talked about this before, but just for the the benefit of our listeners, you were younger, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when you're young, there's certain things that um. 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. So when you're 18 years old, there's certain things at that point that are exciting that when you get older, not so exciting. So one of the questions I had for you was, the first time you truly jumped out of an airplane, were you excited or scared?
4: Scared. Yeah. that's, and that's what I said. I would be
0: scared. to. I wouldn't want to jump. I don't care if I was 10 years old. I wouldn't want to jump out of an airplane. Was,
4: uh, well, we'd been trained. A little bit about it, but anyway, we, yes, we was kind of scared.
1: So, do you, do you remember very specifically that first jump?
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. everyone one after. <laughs> no, <I'm about> to, <laughs> yeah. it, it never got any better. And so, you,
1: you racked up quite a few though. You mentioned there you have uh, yeah. over
4: over 40 jumps. Or, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. terrific. We had several seas after we got there. Mm-hmm. See.
0: And so, what are you thinking the whole way down?
4: Oh, uh, uh, after it uh, opened up, I wasn't worried, but. I was always checking that chute see to see if sure. there's May West up there. Right. Yes. Like like a line over the chute or something uh-huh. like that. Right. Yeah.
0: And so you were talking to us earlier about because when you watch people parachute today, not so much the paratrooper guys, but you if you watch oh what's a good example, the yes. Golden Knights or something like that, yeah. they come down and they basically flare just like you would in an airplane and they land softly and they yeah, walk absolutely. and all this right with the world. That didn't work with you guys. No,
4: <laughs> they go on and says, "How that air was that quick?" See, yeah, and we had to land with twenty percent on our feet, forty percent on our hip, and forty percent on our shoulder. If we didn't, we hit the ground hard, break every leg in we head. Mm-hmm. See,
0: we had to know how to land. And did you ever land improperly? <laughs>
4: well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was oscillating. Uh, you know what oscillating means, like mm-hmm. you put a little kid in the swing, right, right. back and forward and back and forward. And that's the way I, I didn't realize it. I looked up and I thought I was going, you're supposed to, to pull the two front risers mm-hmm. on your shooting and, and take that out. Well, I didn't do it. And uh, I was oscillating, then uh, my feet hit the ground first. And down I went, steel helmet on, and uh, Churchill, my buddy. So we always stayed together, me, Churchill, and Coon. And we all jumped together. And Churchill said, what's the matter with you, Clev? <laughs> and I said, well, just as soon as I get my head out of this ground, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a
1: good story. Now, um, you had mentioned also that you were in. I, in fact, I asked you off the air if you'd been in any of the decisive battles in World War II, and you told us that yes, indeed, yeah, you were in the Battle of the Bulge.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we jumped there. See, yeah.
1: And yeah. what what can you remember about that specifically? Um, I mean, obviously, when you're you're jumping into a, you know, an, an active combat yeah. zone yeah. uh it's uh-huh. your are your, you're you're yeah. thinking I got, your, a, I, can, I got a
4: citation from that you know and it was a uh braided uh rope oh you yeah. wore on your right shoulder on you with the uh, in your uniform very said. nice yes yeah, it was uh-huh.
1: so you were you jumped in into an active combat zone absolutely and you're yeah i, mean, I I, I have to well imagine that you I jumped
4: you... with a machine gun.
1: Mercy! What kind of gun? Just out of curiosity.
4: Thirty caliber.
1: Yeah! Wow. Yeah. Uh, air
4: cooled. Air cooled. They uh, had water cooled uh, and air cooled. And mm-hmm.
0: when and when you jumped, did they they loaded you up with all sorts of equipment? Didn't they? Absolutely. So you weren't just jumping out with your shooting your gun. You were jumping no. out with all sorts of.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yes, we are. We we had stipulation, when we joined this. That we were uh, supposedly be, uh, well, it was four inches, six foot, uh, five foot. Well, anyway, it was four inches below six foot. Mm -hmm. See, everybody had that stipulation. I see. And not weigh over 145 pounds. Wow. Or you couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm out. I guess I'd be out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And, no. Well, for, it, for me, it'd be for the height. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. But anyway, we had that stipulation when we joined right. the press shooters. Uh-huh.
1: But then they piled you up with another 50,
4: perhaps 60
1: pounds more of, of gear then?
4: Uh, oh, it, yes. Yeah. When, when you, Absolutely. yeah or it, more. At, at, at least, or right, more. I would, I would that, imagine. That machine gun that I jumped with, well, it weighed what uh, around. 35 pounds. Oh, good grief.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it
4: was air cool. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. So you're talking
1: about a big machine gun that probably sits up on a stand then, Yeah, right? Yeah, tri-pons. I got you. I got Tri- you. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. And
4: I even had a machine gun uh, ammunition bearer oh, with goodness. me. Oh, yeah. And then another fellow, he was a runner, but running back to get the ammunition right. back. Little father, back. Right. But so the ammunition bearer. He was opened on the container so that we could right. just keep, keep on shooting. Yep. So when you jumped
0: in when you um you, it was France, wasn't it? Yes. W- where where in France did you you land?
4: Well our station was in Join A. Okay. Uh-huh. And at the, there was the airport there. Mm-hmm. And also they didn't have helicopters then, right? They had gliders.
0: Did you? You didn't get on one of those gliders, did you? Oh
4: yes. Oh, you did. Yeah, a time or two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and all, so all, all it was was made out of plywood. Right. Plywood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Some of those didn't land very well.
4: No, no. They, well, it was on their own. They, they, uh, they. Didn't have no propeller on them, so mm-hmm. when they turned them loose from that plane, you know it was being pulled by a plane right. so you
0: just landed
1: where you landed,
4: yeah, 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 no control over it
1: right, so you were how long were you in the the army in in the four Air, years Air, so yeah, four years, yep, yeah, and so after the end of four years you you said, "I want to do something else now or or what what was your, what was your decision well, making at the time?
4: I finally ended up in the kitchen. Oh, you know, that's yeah. not all bad. I after, out. Back, yeah. after the war was over. I really? see. When, uh, when we got on the, at Lahore, France, when we got ready to come back overseas after the war was over, well, we were headed for Japan. I see. And we was on the Onida Victor. Mm-hmm. See, coming to back over towards Japan. Mm-hmm. But uh, about... Two days after we was headed out, the war was over mm. in Japan, right? Because Roosevelt died, and Truman taken over, mm-hmm. and his his idea: if we've got it, let's use it, right? And that's when he used that atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On when, Japan. when
1: did you get word uh, that that the war was ending in Japan?
4: About halfway when we got uh, halfway across, we. I, Turn directions and headed for the states so see?
0: this yeah i was going to say what was the feeling on board mm-hmm, the right. ship i mean what was the mood uh, i mean that's pretty obvious yeah,
4: well, but well we we really didn't care see, see. but when we was thrilled yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah right yeah yeah because truman always said if we've got it let's use it right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh-huh.
1: so at that point you decided uh what that you? The war is over. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back to civilian life. Yeah. And, and then yeah. and then you said you were a farmer. Did that? Did, yeah. did you go back to farming or what? Well, what, what, uh, did, what did you do? We,
4: well, I didn't have enough points to get out, so I they, they put me back down to Fort Bragg, North Carolina.
0: Okay. Now did you lose your 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 jump bonus? Cause no, you were no, no, no. Did it it you got to keep
4: we, it? Well, and plus we got ten percent. We went overseas, more. Wow. So, well, you, so you so you were
0: you were kind of like.
4: Yeah, rich, <laughs> top notch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the money wise, see, yeah, I could send. Let me see, I could send 78 of us home ever. Really, ever paid it. Yeah.
0: So, so when you got out, where what did you do when you got out of the the service?
4: Well, I ended up down there at uh, at uh, at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I didn't have enough points to get out, so I stayed there. And I finally went to, I did, I got tired of training, so I went and signed up for, to feed the furnace. Mm-hmm. And I got that coal all over my hands. Oh, my and, goodness. And the cook come in, he says, I need a, a kitchen help. Really. <laughs> and, like, I'll yes. do that. And you raised your, yeah. your coal stand yeah. and said, uh, I'll, "I'll, do that." And I had coal dust all my hand. Oh, you can imagine how black it was. And the first job they gave me was uh, uh fifty-five-gallon uh, lettuce, lettuce salad, you know, uh, and mayonnaise. <laughs> and and Brian, Brian. I mixed that up with
0: that. You know, and when I cut my you mixed hands, lettuce and mayonnaise.
4: Yeah, yeah. In, in a fifty-five gallon drum. Drum. Yeah. we when, when I got it out of there, my hands was just as pretty white <laughs> as you ever seen. And you know all all of the all the the uh, the, the soldiers that was eating there. They came around. They 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 all. Uh, told him, told me that that was the best. Lettuce they ever had in their <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just the uh, ever,
1: ever slightest hint of Man- cold dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cold <laughs> dust Right, right.
4: I didn't, I didn't tell him. <laughs> no, no. I guess my hands are just as pretty white right right health- as you ever see. Health standards
1: were a little different <laughs> back then at Fort Bragg. You yeah.
0: go home today and mix up some
1: lettuce. Yeah, and I think that's right. <laughs> mayonnaise. I, I have to tell the audience I was, I, I was so tickled because I was watching Brian Watts. Our producer, as uh, as as Paul was telling the story, and Brian has heard this story before, so, uh, and I think it was just as just as funny and just as enjoyable because Brian was was just tickled over here. I could see him. So, so now, and, and you you live over in Westbrook, right? Uh, yeah. Do they ever ask
0: you to cook your your? <laughs> Lettuce and mayonnaise thing? No.
4: no, no. But I did cook there for quite a while.
0: Lettuce? You and man- didn't. No lettuce and mayonnaise though. <laughs> no.
4: Maybe they should put that
0: on the menu. Now
2: <laughs> I, I know the
1: story. When uh, Brian talked about the the lettuce and mayonnaise story, that that is hilarious. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to know everybody enjoyed it though. It, uh, oh, yeah. And you got your hands clean too. <laughs> yeah. We are visiting today with Paul Clevenger and Donald Hardikoff, two of our wonderful veterans here in the United States military that we are honoring throughout the month here on Carney Live. Stay with us while we take a short break. We'll be right back.
3: Corporate underwriters of KPGZ programming include these fine businesses. Kearney Trust Company is uniquely Kearney. They opened their doors in 1882 and have been financing goals and dreams ever since. Kearney Trust has a team of experienced lenders and a qualified staff to assist you with all of your financial needs. Your success is their priority. Whether you're looking for traditional checking and saving services, or you need cash management, mobile banking, mortgage, or lending services, Carney Trust will provide you and your business with the resources you need to succeed. Information, speed, and convenience are all valuable commodities in our fast-paced world. For Carney Trust Company, technology is an addition to, not a replacement for the personal banking relationship they like to have with their customers the people of Kearney Trust Company focus on and try to fit the needs of all their customers. Kearney Trust Company is your partner for success with two convenient locations in Kearney at 310 West 92 Highway and 701 Watson Drive in Price Chopper. The phone number is 816-628-6666 Kearney Trust Company Banking You Can Trust Member FDIC
1: Carney Live today we're visiting with Paul Clevenger and Donald Hardikoff, both of, uh, uh, actually Paul was in the uh, United States Army airborne and uh, Donald Hardikoff, you were in the Air Force and uh, you were also with the Strategic Air Command group up in uh, Nebraska right? right so you were actually underground you were one of those underground uh, guys that you can't you, so you can't tell me any stories because everything's right. still a secret. That's correct. <laughs> okay, so there there will be no stories on that. So. <laughs> Try to get a little get a little closer, to that Mike. There you go.
2: The the other part of that you know, story is I spent a lot of time at Beale Air Force Base, and of course the first time I opened a base when I got it going, worked in base operations and that. Then I uh, after they got the bomb wing in, hmm. everything I was transferred over to the command post. I see, and uh, I stayed there and. Uh, I met uh, just as a side effect there, uh, and I can't remember his name. It started with a C, but he was from North Kansas City. Oh, how about that? He was officer controller, Mm -hmm. captain at the time. and I was a staff sergeant, and we had all the wheels out in a daily uh, meeting Mm -hmm. in the glassed-in room, Mm -hmm. and this captain, he was sitting there, and All of a sudden he says, Just we always had a weapon on the counter so if somebody all over the a a vault right if you had the door unlocked somebody should be come in there and he picked up that gun thirty eight and he says, I wonder what they'd do if I do it (laughs) like boom 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 <laughs> wow. And I, I would it, hope that uh, that that broadcaster in Kansas City and he he's listening to it, yes, because he's one of the finest officers I ever met.
1: Right, just uh, it was. You know, it seemed, at the moment, it was a funny joke. So, yeah. Oh, yes. Right, right. Yes. Understandable. And, uh, yeah, certainly maybe not by today's, standards but, no, it was, not by today's but, standards, but I can tell it was funny to you at yeah. the time. In fact, that's uh, interesting you should say that because I think uh, one of the things we were talking about off the air just a moment ago is the, the the way you, you feel when you're a kid and the the things that when I say kid, I'm saying, you know, at the, the, the age of 18 or so when you were enlisting and, or, and or getting drafted uh, as in and, as Paul, the case, yes, and uh, uh you know versus where you are now I mean as you you guys tell these stories in uh, in these sort of colorful animated fashions you know you I can tell that uh you you sort of remember them as if you were still there as if you were still that age tell, tell me about how you think about these how you reflect on these memories and uh you know how when you look back on it, does it does it seem like you're back there just 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 like it was? Yeah, yeah,
4: you're back there, but sometimes I oh got it. It's not as nice as you want it yeah. because I remember I was over there in uh, uh, it was in France mm-hmm. and on, with that machine gun and we was crossfire and here come that little kid. That's the way the Germans would do it. They'd put uh, if they could get a volunteer, uh, in which they did, because if you'd give your child to the, the <laughs> president or whoever, uh, Hitler, mm-hmm. you know, well he'd set you up for life, mm-hmm. you know, and right. you wouldn't have no worries. But anyway, i was sitting down there with that machine gun, and it was cross firing, keep anybody from coming through, you know what I mean by crossfire? Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah. And here come this little kid up. He was about, oh, seven, eight years old. Oh. And uh, he was all bundled up. And my buddy, by that was uh, my ammunition bearer, I said, asked him, I said, what should we do? And the little kid hollered out, mommy wants a candy bar. Tommy I mean, wants well, a candy bar. I just speak in English just as right. plain as could be. Mm-hmm. And my buddy said, take him out.
1: Oh, good and God. that's
4: what I did. I just taken that gun over there and I mm-hmm. taken him out, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was the most—he uh, had enough bombs on him mm-hmm. to blow up a half a block or a block. Right, right yeah, yeah so a, it was a, a, a tactic
1: right. that, that I'm sure a lot of combat veterans are familiar with uh, in, in particular yes. even even nowadays even today, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yes. <laughs> what uh, not nice. uh, no and,
1: and what a, a horrible thing to have to go through and
4: you dream about that. I I, right. I I can appreciate that yes uh, yeah uh,
1: you know we, we talk about uh, taking care of our veterans and I think um, you uh, when you bring up something like that it's um you, you get the sense of how important it is to uh, to take care of these these men that come back who have experienced things that are you know just as traumatic or or perhaps even worse um, uh, what what do you guys uh, feel about uh, and how are, how do you deal with uh, some of the other younger military uh folks who veterans that who've been especially in combat uh, how do you guys share your experiences with them uh, and I'm sure you you visited with some with some young guys that have that now, have been in we the,
4: we didn't have no choice right uh, we had a password over there mm-hmm. you know do you know what I mean by by password yes it was changed every day mm-hmm. and if somebody didn't have know that password, you know right. Uh, well, we would say halt, and if they didn't halt, you know what they got.
1: Right, right.
4: Yeah. But we uh, always change that password every day. Right, right. Yeah, every day. Uh, it would be something simple like camels or lucky strike. something easy. Yeah. Right. We wouldn't forget it. Uh, l- l- let me—
1: try to sort of frame my question up it's a little emotional when i think about it but uh do, do you guys ever visit with some of uh, some of the younger uh folks nowadays who have have been in in the gulf war for example or afghanistan or iraq do you guys do you ever, do you ever get a chance to to visit with those combat veterans you're shaking your I, head yes i i, yes, I uh, i've mm-hmm.
2: talked to probably at least a half a dozen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the things that I've talked to them about is, is not necessarily the type of things to you know the right. pulling the gun or anything right. like that. Uh, uh, it's more more uh, uh, feeling things. Sure, you know, yeah, and so you don't uh, really get to know act a lot about it. And yeah, I, I think one of the things
1: we learned, um, you know, last week when we were we were visiting with uh, help me with his name. I'm sorry. Oh, it was Dwayne not? And he's the lieutenant colonel, retired U.S. Air Force, and he was uh, used to be the uh, American Legion Post commander over here in, in Smithville. And one of the things that he talked about was uh, the, 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 what the American Legion uh, does for these uh, veterans, it, it allows them a place to come in and sit down and just be by themselves if they want to. They can go sit at a table, and they don't have to say anything to anybody. So I think, Donald, when, when you talk about, you know, you visit with these guys and, and they're, you know, you know war-trained uh, and experienced and so forth and have seen probably horrific things that none of us can, you know, many things that are just completely unimaginable. Um, you, you don't have to talk about it, but, but there are some, you know, there's some sort of personal time, and I think uh, that individual time alone that I, that I can understand that you guys can respect and and feel that 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 oftentimes they need. They don't have to talk about it, but oftentimes they, you know, there it's okay to to just let them be alone.
2: Right. Well, I, one of the things that uh, I I do all the time uh, is you know, when Obama was president, uh, later he asked uh, that the veterans. Uh, make some effort uh, such as wearing a cap Mm -hmm. what have you to get we weren't having enough people enlisting in the military and it's all volunteer Mm -hmm. in the Air Force and uh, so I went uh, out to the base and uh, in the base exchange they had caps with all kinds of stuff I got a half a dozen at least a half a dozen caps and Mm -hmm. different things Uh, and uh, I Get out and wear the caps, and I'm every day. Uh, I have people come to me and want to talk a little bit, right. uh, and I'm talking about the combat soldiers as yes. well as as, yes. as uh, other Air Force type people. Right, and they uh, read at uh, certain times, uh, I have had the equivalent of a lieutenant general mm-hmm. who retired as a colonel and then went to work in in Washington mm-hmm. and. He was assistant or something, uh, and uh, I got a card in my pocket. I'll show you in mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, I asked him, I said, Well, what's uh, the equivalent uh, of that rank? Uh, it was a GS, I guess, like a GS rating or whatever. And uh, he said he was equivalent to a lieutenant general. Mm-hmm. And I was in a restaurant, and he came over, sat down, and introduced himself, and we later went to, to meals together. Right. And so it's it's that kind of thing. It uh, uh, and the other thing that I dislike, and I, I shouldn't dislike it, but there's so many times where I go in and I've got capped with got some other stuff on it, mm-hmm. and uh, like the Vietnam or, right. or Korea, whatever. And uh, these fellows will uh, people come on. Oh, it's ladies also, as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get ready to pay the bill, mm-hmm. and they tell me, well, so-and-so paid that bill for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I personally do not like that. I'm not there for that reason. Right. And I'm not wearing this cap for that reason. Sure. I'm, I'm trying to entice young men, and like I did when I was young, 17, 18 years old, to be enlisting in the military. Right. So that's a—
0: and I understand what you're saying and, the you know the one thing I will say that I, I think is good about it is there is nothing I don't think uh, that we uh, people who haven't served in the military can do to repay for what you guys did um, there's a lot of people uh, you know you'll you'll hear people say thank you for your service and all that but it's the the, the whole thing that the, to frame this up try to frame this up properly, it's one thing to there's that um, there <clears throat> it's one say to, one thing to say thank you for your service, but what you guys did done what you guys have done for the rest of us so that we can you know live in the country like we do um, honestly to uh, to try and say thank you in such a small way to pay for a dinner or something like that I, I think. Um, the one thing I will say is I, I'm very happy that the mood of the country right. has has started to turn no more doubt. toward being thankful for what you guys have done. and and not just you guys, but everybody who served. and um, you know, and and now, as it's a voluntary thing, um, in other words, without the draft, um, things like the story you just told a few minutes ago, there are so many people in the military who have similar stories like that. But you don't know it. No, You don't know and when you see them, are you'll, and you'll never, never hear, hear it. it. Yeah, they're not going to talk about no. it. No. But your service in the military was not just the service itself, but it's all the baggage that you keep with you long after you're done, obviously. I mean, that was many, many, many years ago. Yeah, you can't forget it. Yeah, and you don't, and you won't, sadly. Oh. Um, and you're not alone. I mean, there's a lot of guys uh, and, and women now probably that, have the same, have similar things that have happened uh, in the past. And um, again, to, I mean, we. the one thing I don't want it to do is we get this, thank you for your service. And I don't want it to just be like, just thank you. But you're not really giving the thought to what it truly means. Right. Because yeah. the service yeah. that you guys have done and all the people that are uh, have served before and are currently serving now, um, are doing a great, you know, it's a great service. It's not just a job, for lack of other right. words. It's right. it's a service.
2: Oh, yeah. I might add here, uh, when I came and the first thing they did there was they introduced me to Paul. At Westbrook, you
1: mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, yeah. and uh, of course, I right away, I'm ready to listen because... He's done things, had to do things that uh, I've never had to do. Yeah, Mine, mine's been the other way. Right, which is not to diminish right.
1: anything that you right. did. I mean, right. at I've, all, because you yeah, were ready.
2: I've, I've had a great career, sure, in the military.
1: But but you took an oath that right. that said you you'll right. protect and defend the Constitution, even even if it takes requires your your own life. Right. And you made that oath.
2: Yeah, so it's yeah, a fact. Yeah, but. Uh, Guys like him, and if I would like to just tell about my brother-in-law. Sure, please do. My brother-in-law was uh, over in Japan, stationed in Japan, U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the Korean War started, and the next morning he was in Korea. And, of course, he was up where they had come across the line, 30th parallel. Mm-hmm and it got pushed down, and a two-star general from Carlisle, Illinois is where the town my wife is from. She knows the family. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, he was the division commander over there, and they got pushed down, pushed down, and everything was getting really bad. It just about to look look like uh, they was gonna be pushed off, and uh, they run short on ammunition. My brother-in-law was, uh, he was like 19 years old then, and he had to go crawl through line to to get the ammo, and he something distracted him or whatever. Just so they looked, he looked around like this, and here's, he's got the gun leveled on him like this, rifle, bam, 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 seven bullets he took, and they sent him to U.S. Army Hospital Tokyo, I believe it was, and I don't know how long he stayed there, but. After they got him going, they, they sent him back to finish his duty. Oh, my god. And goodness. when he came back to the States, he went to Camp Badbury, Indiana. And he was from, like I say, Carlisle, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And he uh, met my sister, who was three miles away and younger, just just uh, next one younger, two years younger than me. And uh, he started dating her, and they got married. and and uh, so later on, I was able to really get down the really goody things you might say with him, and, mm-hmm. and he told me how it was. Well, first of all, uh, after they were right after they were married, he was back in Carlisle, Illinois, mm-hmm. visiting his wife, and when he got back over, I'm sorry, they went down Fort Hood, Texas, I think it was mm-hmm. on maneuvers rifle, whatever. Right. Anyway, uh, he went out on Friday night on a 3-day pass or whatever it was or just whatever. And he came in and he had made his bed just like everybody would. And he came in. He had to report the commander because somebody tore his bed up. And he, of course, got to blame for it. Mm-hmm. And he, when he found out who it was that did it, the guy come in drunk and tore, tore his bunk all up. Then he got the in trouble, so he, they end up getting in a fight. So next thing you know, they're digging a six-by-six-by-six. By six by six. Right. And while he was digging, his shoulders started hurting him bad. And they x-rayed him and found he still had a bullet in him. Oh, my gosh. And they sent him back up Camp Batterbury and, and uh, operated on him, got that done, and uh, he... Passed away uh, some four, six, eight years ago now. Wow,
1: but, what uh, what an amazing story! Tremendous,
2: tremendous guy. I mean, when he he really told me the whole bit of how the the feeling, everything, how it, what it looks like when you turn your head like this and you got a <laughs> got one aimed at you. Yeah, know. And to then to, to do no, what he done.
1: No, and well, the fact that he survived it is yeah. pretty pretty much yeah. remarkable. I mean, mm-hmm. to say the least, you yeah. know. Well, what a real pleasure it has been to have both of you gentlemen in here. Uh, that was the voice of Donald Hartikoff, and uh, we've also got Paul Clevenger in here with us today. And, uh, fellas, I'm going to say it on behalf of everybody: thank you for your service, and thanks for being here. We we really really appreciate it, and and we mean it. Uh, and uh, we we know freedom is not free, and thank you for for helping uh, well, us keep our freedom
4: and inviting us. Yeah. It's our
1: pleasure, and we'd love to have you back anytime. So uh, yes. please, if, if you'd like to come over, give us a call, and we'll put you on the air because uh, I'm sure there's a lot more stories to tell. You've been listening to Carney Live, and uh, I don't know what to tell you. This has been one of the toughest shows to get through. It can be emotional, but we sure enjoy having you so much. Uh, Paul Clevenger, Donald Hardikoff, thank you so much. And say hello to the folks over there at Westbrook Care Center. See you next week on Carney Live.